Two trucks having sex. Two trucks having sex. My muscles, my muscles involuntarily flex. Two trucks having sex. Two trucks having sex. My muscles, my muscles involuntarily flex. Two pickup trucks. Listen up, Auto Thoughts and Decepticlowns. You are listening to Prime Cuts, a non-linear history of the Transformers franchise on television. I'm one of your hosts, Nero. I'm your other host, Audrey. And we Audrey. have a guest. Hey, you'll watch this episode of Killing Eve. <laughs> Only one was. The other one was Psychonauts. <laughs> yeah. We well, have Cass with us today. Yeah, <laughs> Cass, hey. please introduce yourself properly. <laughs> hey, I'm Cassidy, she, her pronouns. Uh, I've been on the Discord. Uh, noted spider simp. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. what is your history with the Transformers franchise? Okay, so my history with the Transformers franchise started a long, long time ago, back in the days of video rental places. Like, video cassettes, where I would hire out uh, Transformers DVDs and watch them while eating uh, saltines with cream cheese spread. Oh. Huh. By cream cheese spread, do you mean just like whipped cream cheese, like spreadable cream cheese, or things like Bozan? I have no idea what Bozan is. I mean, cream cheese is in like craft cream cheese. Okay. Uh, Got saltines, it. you mean just the, the straight salted crackers? Yes. Hmm. Interesting flavor combination. So, uh, yeah, so you, 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 you're from uh, back from the blockbuster days. Yeah, I'm back from then. Um, I caught some episodes of Armada, Energon, and Cybertron. Uh, I only really started, like, actually getting into it, getting into it when Animated came on. That was Mm -hmm. pretty fun. For my 12th birthday, we watched... No, 13th birthday. uh, We rented Transformers the movie, the 2007 Michael Bay film, and watched it... Uh, with a bunch of my friends at a sleepover. And it was very awkward because my parents were there, and then the scene where Sam was accused of masturbation came up. Yes, I was about to say that I'm sure there are some scenes in that that would be mortifying as, as like a 13-year-old parents in the room. Listen, it wasn't as bad as the other film that we had rented for the evening. Epic movie. Oh! My God! Yeah, the the flavor of it It sure was 2007, wasn't it? <laughs> Oof, Holy yeah. shit! I thought I'd never think about epic movie again, and I won't after I complete this sentence. I wish I could never think of it again. We watched two episodes of Transformers Prime episodes. Hang on. Twelve and thirteen. Uh, twelve and thirteen. My psychic senses are telling me that uh, it was episodes twelve and thirteen. Yeah. Great job. Um, <laughs> the first of which is called Predatory. Because, you know, it's like, it's a forest, and there's a there's a single guy being hunted by an unstoppable alien killing machine. It's like, kind of predator-y. 
And also because uh, the show was getting a bit too gay-friendly, so they had to invoke the predatory lesbian stereotype. That's right, that's right, that's right. So we start off here, a, uh, a ship crash lands on Earth. Like, either... Okay, so did Dutch... Is she just a bad... Like, is she just a shitty driver, or is this, like, the thing she does? Did I she crash she... land on purpose? I think she is just a shitty driver. You know, they, it's really enforcing some very negative <laughs> stereotypes about women here. Women so, and the gays. Although I believe that is straight up like a like a, a shot for... Like, it's, it's supposed to be reminiscent of the opening shots of Predator. Where you see, like, the, the thing fall from space into the forest and whatnot. Um, stereotypes of women, gays, and Utia. Yep. <laughs> So after, you know, we get our intro and then we, we, we see Jack and RC uh, have been dispatched to investigate this. You know, it's like, it's, it's, it, they think it's just some kind of energon spike. Nothing really to worry about. Uh, Jack manages to be a huge nerd about camping. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I can't remember what exactly RC says, but Jack basically is like, oh, just you wait. I am so, so prepared. You're not going to be laughing when I'm able to heat up dried macaroni and cheese using my survival kit with the fire that I create with the flint. With here. my multi-tool. And, and then he looks at the camera and says, the multi-tool and flint is a special tool that will come in handy later. <sighs> it doesn't look like that pouch is big enough to hold a packet of freeze-dried mac and cheese, but what do I know? It's like... Uh, Cass, do you have a Easy Mac where you are? I do, Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's an Easy Mac. Okay, so that makes a bit small. more sense. Seems too small for an Easy Mac. I don't know. They're pretty small. I guess. But yeah, RC is kind of making fun of him. Uh, but then they come oh. across the ship. Ooh, just before they get to the ship, um, Jack is, like, annoyed at these mosquitoes. And he says, yes. oh, these are like vampire bats. They're the size of vampire bats, yeah. I mean, one, vampire bats are very small. Two, those mosquitoes are very big. So, you know. Mm. I, I'm but, specifically uh, putting emphasis on the vampire part of that sentence. Oh, yeah, that'll come up at some point later in the series. Don't worry about that. Um, so, they find the ship. And RC's like, okay, stay here. I'm going to go investigate this on my own. Yeah, she gets a ding on the ding on a thing. Yeah, so she goes in. Right. Yeah, they're comparing uh, tools. An important thing is that they have a joke about their tools, right? So she like so Jack's yeah. going on and on about like his special kit, and she's like, "Yeah, you've you, your tools, I have mine." Um, and her. Yeah, she yeah. gets a grinder notification. Yeah. <laughs> she. Yeah, so she, we we see it from Jack's perspective as he's as he's waiting outside. We see our we see RC go into the ship. Uh, and then, like, very shortly afterwards, she, like, stumbles out of it, um, and, like, leans up against the, the, the wall there, looking pretty freaked out, so Jack runs over, uh, and it's like, hey, what's wrong? And she's like, I'm having an ep- a fucking PTSD flashback, Jack, hold on a minute. Yeah. Uh. Because we see flashes of some, something happening. Of some <laughs> boss. Some spidery lady and a lot of blood. Yeah. She's goth. She's very goth. And and mean. <laughs> and very mean. 
so like RC is is very clearly freaked out. She immediately starts trying to like call Ratchet for a ground bridge out of there and uh, can't. She decides it must be because this ship is like uh, jamming signals. And all the time, the whole time, Drag is like, "Hey, uh, can you please tell me what's going on?" Uh, and she won't. She's just like, "It's fucking dangerous. We need to leave right now, immediately." Um, she tries transforming and driving away with Jack to like get out of the jammer's range, but she can't. And then she just leaves him there. So what I really like about this line is she's like, yeah, I know who this is and um, it's way too dangerous for you. Like, and Jack's like, well, take me with me. You, I'm your partner. And she looks at him and goes, no, Jack, you're a kid. And I really like that line again, like prime of all the series when it comes to their interactions with the human sidekicks um, is like the most grounded in reality about the limits of what yes. of what humans can do um, in a giant intergalactic war with giant um, building-sized robots. Uh, yeah. so. It's got a bit of the Animorphs flavor in that, and it's probably more because, like, I guess Prime is probably the most adult outside the Netflix series of Transformers cartoons <laughs> yeah. that we've gotten. Yeah, we're we talk about we don't talk about the war for. I mean, we're we going to have to have to talk about the war for Cybertron. Thanks, Rooster Teeth. Couldn't just stick to making Ruby, could you? God, that shit looks ugly. <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah, it is definitely the most like it is probably the darkest and most adult. Um, yeah, so, but, yeah, I, I love that line where she's like, no, Jack, you're a kid, and the only reason I brought you with us was because there wasn't supposed to be any danger. That situation has changed. Listen to what yeah. I say. And so she's like, all right, I need you to stay right here. Do not move. Stay very, very far away uh, from this ship and just wait. Um, and and so she, uh, you know, she's walking around and she sees a, a tree that has been melted with acid. And she has another flashback mm. uh, where we get, uh, to, her, we get her. Her transformation before she sees the stump, just like, I feel like the, like when she crashes down onto the like forest floor, it really felt like a really heavy impact. Like they're really emphasizing her weight in that shot through like the sound design. And it's interesting to see that she's, like, arguably, like, the more, like, I guess, stronger and more beefy, I guess, competitor between her and Arachnid. Yeah, well, she's the stone butch and Arachnid's the pillow princess. This is true. (sighs) (laughs) Was that a challenging one for you, Cass? (laughs) I... I don't think that Arachnid could ever be content to just lay there on the pillows. (laughs) That's true. She's got too much going on. But we, we see a flashback. We see our, uh, RC talking to her, uh, uh, some guy named Tailgate, who is... Tailgate? Yeah. Yeah, Tailgate. Tailgate, uh, who is not at all, uh, to be confused with his IDW comic counterpart. Yeah, he... This is <laughs> not my G1, precious baby boy. Or his G1 <laughs> counterpoint part, for that matter. Who? <laughs> You mean the guy who literally never showed up in a story before IDW? I love Did how he not? I thought, James. I've... No, he literally was never like in any stories. Huh? It's him and Swerve were basically non. No, I knew. Before. I knew Swerve was. 
Uh, he had the Creo or whatever it was. Swerve had like one yeah. like off-brand thing, but I know he wasn't in any of the actual media. I thought Tailgate was. Never mind. I think he might have been in the background in one episode of G1. <laughs> right. I mean, uh, yeah. Fuck. I, for- I forgot the TF wiki is still down. It's still down. Damn it. go- we-, we can't look up Tailgate. Well, just to be assured, in IDW, Tailgate is a lovely little boy who can pull you apart with his bare hands. Um, He's a funny little birthday boy. <laughs> He is the final birthday boy, and he he doesn't have to worry about you hurting him because he will hurt you. But this tailgate is just some guy. Um, he's basically Cliff Jumper point five. So he's what we learn in this episode, and we'll get and Arachnid will harp on it more. Is that getting paired with, partnered with RC is going? Karma's got its kiss for me. Yep. <laughs> What's the one constant in all your dead partner pairings? That's what I had. That's a a note later on that I have for literally what Arachnid says to her. Yeah, so this is like this is like back on back on Cybertron during the war, and she's like bantering with Tailgate over the radio, like she did with Cliff in the very first episode. She's escaping from some kind of facility with codes or whatever, something that the Decepticons would rather have than not. Literally doesn't matter. Uh, Literally doesn't matter. What, what what matters is that she gets webbed up and captured by Arachnid, um, who has, like, acid talons? Yep. And gives R.C. A, 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 a scratch on the cheek with him. It's a sexy scar. A very, I wish she still had the scar in, in modern times. She doesn't seem to have the scar. Does Arachnid say uh, yeah. anything here? Yeah, she just yeah. is generally very menacing. I don't. I didn't write anything no, down. No, I, I, I just, just. I just want to point out now that we've, we're hearing Arachnid speak that she's voiced by the incredible Gina Torres. Um, yes. One of uh, sci-fi oh. and uh, and and other sci-fi and thrillers leading women. Um, she's so good. She's she sounds a bit uninterested, but also just like even uninterested Gina Torres is. Mwah. Yeah, so uh, I'm sure most people who've listened to this know Gina Torres in at least one of her roles. But for those who don't know Gina Torres, um, she really came to fame uh, by voice by voicing by playing Zoe uh, in Firefly and Serenity. Um, what the fuck? Uh, the the guy who voices Breakdown was also in Firefly. Huh. Yeah, Firefly. And they have yeah, yeah. an union show, and they have an episode later. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's a Firefly reunion. So she, she, that was her sort of like breakout role. Um, she's been in a bunch of, she had a leading role in Suits. Um, that was like a big deal for her for a long time. Most recently I saw her in Hannibal, um, as, uh, Lawrence Fishburne's wife, um, whose, uh, name escapes me. It's something Crawford. Um, so she's been in a, a shit ton of stuff. She also does like a bunch of voicing, uh, voice acting as well. Um, uh, she was in, uh, she voiced someone in Star Wars Rebels, I know. Uh, and oh yeah, she voices the lesbian in Star Wars Rebels. Shocking. Um, <laughs> so anyway, mm. she's been in a... She sh- voices um, Ketsu Onyo. Yes. So anyway, if she... If you... No. Mm. She's yeah. the green lady? No, uh, Ketsu is 
That's Sabine's Barris. ex-girlfriend. You're thinking of okay. you're thinking of Barris. I am probably thinking of Barris. Um, I'm always thinking about the Barris. Green Lady in Rebels is Hera. Barris ah. is slightly different. Yeah, but I think you're thinking of Barris from uh, Clone Wars. Look, there's a lot of Green Ladies in in Star Wars. There do Wars. be a I lot of Green Star la- Trek. Yeah, there are also a lot of Green Ladies in Star Trek. Less Green Ladies in Star Trek. Uh, but anyway, Gina Torres has been in a shit ton of stuff. Um, if none of those uh, roles sound familiar, just like look her up. She was. Um, she was also, uh, who was it? Was it Huntress that she played in JLU? She played someone in JLU. Here anyway. she is playing the, the, the sultry yet dangerous Arachnid, who we see in the present about to murder the fuck out of some poor camper. Well, it should also be noted that uh, Arachnid has not shown up before in this series, but she is based off of another character that uh, was introduced in Beast Wars named Black Arachnia, um, who has shown up through multiple um, multiple iterations. The funniest version of both Black Arachnia and Arachnid is their IDW1 versions uh, because they're clearly meant to be this, they're clearly, again, when Arachnid was made for Prime, she was clearly meant to be Black Arachnia, but instead she's just like besties with, uh, Black Arachnia. Yeah, usually Black Arachnia is the go-to evil sexy spider lady for Transformers. I don't know why. I guess they couldn't uh, escape the air pun, which right. won't make sense until she gets an alt mode. But if you, if you, just like with Skyquake, if you pay attention, you might be able to piece together what she turns into. <laughs> yeah. I will say that she has she has the most interesting transformation sequence, and her actual design and the way she transforms is like incredible feat of engineering for the toy designers very cool yeah also what's up Uh, with this guy who has a fire in his tent that's a great way to suffocate dude yeah i don't know what's going on with that guy clearly he isn't as much of a rugged outdoorsman as jack is who speaking of at this point i believe has started uh wandering around looking for rc uh as she intervenes right before arachnid can slice and dice this guy yeah, presidential alert, the girls are fighting! We learn a bit about Arachnid here. So, for one, while she is a Decepticon, she has basically distanced herself from the, the cause since the war. Not in a way that would be, you know, because that's because I want to do better. No, it's because she's become a trophy hunter. Uh, as she's kind of sexy on. about it in a girl boss misanth- misanthropist way. Yes. So basically what she does is she goes around to various planets and uh, hunts the indigenous species until they are endangered or extinct. She's a big game hunter, although some game is smaller than she is. It's literally just Predator. It's literally just Predator. RC mentions that her ship is literally fucking filled with uh, trophies. Um... And, you know, Arachnid mentioned... Uh, does she mention yet that she has a special place reserved for human yet? I think this is the part where she says no, that yet. She, well, she says it when she gets when she gets uh, RC gummed up. Yes. Oh, goodness. Um, uh, so, listen, that was, like, the least sexual way I could put that. <laughs> so, RC actually comes out on top during their scuffle. Uh, because the thing about Arachnid, right... She's a pillow princess. Unlike, yeah, unlike the Predator, you know, killing machine extraordinaire, greatest warrior in the universe. Arachnid's really more of an ambush hunter, 
I mean, oh, you mean she, like a spider, like some kind of spider? Like she she hunts things weaker than her. She's not necessarily a warrior. She's more conniving than that. So RC fucking beats the shit out of her pretty easily. However, Jack stumbles into frame, distracting RC momentarily, which allows Arachnid to to splatter to the wall with some webbing. Because yeah, she does she does have webbing. She is literally a, a spider bot. I don't know. I don't know why she like. Is, do you think that's synthetic webbing, or is she doing some weird techno organic stuff going on in there? I think. I. I think. Th- I don't think it's techno organic, and I think that's the reason why she's not black arachnia. Yes. Um, because black arachnia um, has either been in a show or a, a series where <coughs> everyone has organic alt modes, um, or she's notable for having a or organic alt mode. But the fact that it's really, I mean, Arachnid's alt mode isn't a, a spider. It's her root mode. Like, that's what's interesting about her. She's a little bit of a triple changer. She's a little bit of a triple changer, um, but, like, she doesn't really turn into a spider. She'd just be like, he, my leggy's out now. Yeah, she just turns into a, she basically turns into a drider. Yes, exactly. Sort of. Yeah. But, you know, you can still uh, see, very much see her in her robot form. Very cool and sexy of her. By the way, I really like that her robot form... She does like obviously in her drider form. She has the thorax, the whole spider thorax thing. In robot form, it it kind of reads like a twin-tailed hunting coat or something. Yes, very cool of her. She's she's big, sexy. So we get another flashback as Jack is is uh, you know Jack stumbles to the scene here, and RC is trapped against the wall, where we see why RC and Arachnid have such a contentious relationship. Uh, during, you know, she's, so back on Cybertron, uh, Arachnid is interrogating RC about these codes or whatever she's looking for. And RC's not talking. Oh, so, uh, she's specifically interrogating her about the location of an attack that's about to go down. Right. She's looking for like Intel. So she has tailgate dragged in and you know, basically says, all right, uh, if you don't tell me what the uh what this attack when this attack is going to happen i think you're smart enough to put together what's about to happen and rc literally doesn't know what she wants to know and so arachnid just uh kills him well i guess there's no reason to keep him alive anymore yep and afterwards (sighs) arachnid's like this is really funny because she's like so i (laughs) You know, I heard over the radio, I, I was listening to Decepticon Podcast Network, and I heard your fucking dipshit boyfriend got murked by Starstream, and that's really funny. Who do you think does their podcast? Uh, well, I, usually I would say Soundwave, but not, not this no. one. No, okay, so Soundwave does do it, but he does it by just clipping together all the clips he, that he hears throughout a week. <laughs> the clip show. Steve is his co-host. But yeah, she's just like, yeah, uh, you know, half the reason I came here was to uh, make fun of you for having like, another partner die. I mean, maybe you're just cursed. I don't know. <laughs> you're, being your partner seems fucking dangerous. Anyway, I'm going to kill this kid. Yeah, the one constant in all her dead partner pairings, it's that evil ex-girlfriend. Why do you even still have her? Yeah. I mean, well, well <laughs> that's, she... yeah, that, rather, that's, that's what... <laughs> so... It's around this point that Jack arrives. Yeah. Well, he, I think he arrived. He arrived first. 
because he likes he's like he like he's like he's like on the edge of this clearing because him arriving is what distracted RC in the first place, and got her all all strung up, and so but th- this is when I mean obviously he can't fucking do anything he's just sit- sitting there staring at all of this happen, because uh, this is when she's like all right here's the deal RC I am going to kill you don't oh, worry well I was just that's, going to say that's on my I point. was just going to say that re- referring to what what Cass just mentioned like. What R.C. literally says to her is like, at some point, you gotta ask yourself, R.C., is it you? Yeah. <laughs> like, so it, like, literally Arachnid looks at her and says, what is the one constant in all your dead partner's relationships? So she says, all right, listen, here's what's gonna happen, R.C. I will kill you. However, first, I am going to make sure to capture... Your your little your little human friend, kill him in front of you and put him into my collection in front of you, then I'll kill you, slowly and painfully, just to make sure that you get you, you get that you get that you know rule of threes. It's an important rule in comedy, and this is all very funny to me. I assure you. Um, so RC tells Jack to run. Uh, we we do get a little flashback right as uh, as as she remembers being rescued by uh cliff jumper and bumblebee cliff jumper who does not talk um in this flashback couldn't have fit and, Ford Blaine. and so it's it's time for the predator part of predatory uh, as as jack is just running through the forest being pursued by arachnid also arachnid is referring to jack by name yeah she, she learns his name very quickly um, which is very funny because no one else cares enough to learn any of these humans' names. I like, but you know, it's personal. Hmm. Uh, so yeah, she's like, "Come out, Jack! I'll, I'll, I'll promise I'll make it quick." Like he's 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 running through the forest. Uh, he gets jump scared by Arachnid at some point. <laughs> like she pretends that she passes by him, and then and then like, he fucking leans right down into his face and goes, "Hello there." Oh. General Arachnid. <laughs> I thought you'd be taller. <laughs> um, so, as RC like has she has a moment. This is very much. She has a moment where she's like, "Oh God, I got another one killed. I'm so sorry, Jack. I should have transformed and never looked back." And she's like, "Wait a minute, transformed." And so she transforms into bike mode to try and pull out of the uh, the spider silk here. Meanwhile, Jack pulls out his multi tool and goes, "Oh fuck." I'm gonna die. I don't got anything. How could Eagle Scouts betray me? <laughs> uh, but, you know, he, he decides to head towards her ship to find a better hiding place. And I think it's very obvious at this point that Arachnid is not going as fast as she could. She is playing with him. Yeah, she's having a grand old time. But she's like, alright, I've had enough fun, Jack. Let's get, let's uh, let's wrap this up, shall we? I'm, re- I'm ready to, to separate your head from your body and put it on my ship. I have a lasagna in the oven. It should be done soon. I have a lot of torture and murder to do. Um, but Jack finds an energon leak uh, on her ship. And he breaks out the flint and he starts making a fire. And you know what? We give we gave Jack a, a lot of shit for his nerdy little kit. And he deserved it. But he at least does actually know how to use it. He knows how to start a forest fire. Only you can start forest fires. <laughs> Smokey the Bear would be fucking pissed right now 
uh, as, yes, he indeed blows up her ship with her on it. Um, and, you know, at first you think, ah, another cool Decepticon gone before their time, just like this show loves to do. Except but, she's a horror slasher at this point, so you got to make sure you see the body dead and double tap it. The, yeah, because then she appears in the trees, smoldering and royally pissed. He's <laughs> like, alright, well, you blew up my fucking shit with all my cool trophies, so forget what I said about it being quick. <laughs> uh, but then... She's such a girl boss. She is really a girl boss. and be- But before she can, you know, fucking make a quilt out of Jack's intestines or whatever she's about to do... Uh, RC flies in with a fucking Superman punch. It's very cool. RC kicks her ass. RC has some moves here. This is a very nicely choreographed fight, in my opinion. Yeah, she fucking lays waste to Arachnid here. Just just beats the shit out of her. Uh, But Arachnid escapes using the... the, uh, She... She... she uses her legs to form into a drill and burrow into the ground. Arachnid never died. She just turned into drill mode and, and, and drilled and, and, and crawled away. And rolled away. That's right. Um, and so, yeah, she's gone for now, but, you know, she's still out there. Jack, Jack, Jack is like, you know, it's probably really bad that she's just run that she's just trapped on Earth now. Like, seems dangerous. Yeah, well, yeah, at first Arcee's like, hey, you got her, good work. And <laughs> Jack's like, yeah, I also stuck her here permanently. So, like, maybe not the best thing I could have done. I appreciate the praise, but... <laughs> yeah, and Arcee's like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry you had to face my demons, Jack, but you did, you did it bravely and honorably. And he's like, I... I'm gonna be honest, I was scared shitless that whole time. But I was worried about you. And they and they share a moment and RC calls calls him her partner. Aw. Do you think that Jack will have to fight the rest of RC's evil exes? Probably. I mean most of them RC, are dead. Yeah, RC gotta jump on that. Um I mean Cliff Jumper came back as a zombie. Who who can That's say true. That's the true. others were? That's Where true. The fuck is zombie tailgate? <laughs> oh god. So that ends predatory. Arachnid is here and she's great. I truly one of the best uh, evil. Fuck! We completely forgot to talk about the Spider-Man kiss. Oh right, there is there is a frame. Where when when RC is is fu- or not a frame a whole shot where when she's uh fucking restrained against the rock, Arachnid goes into the Spider-Man kiss pose and like climbs up upside down there, to talk to you her. know normal. Oh, and also puts a finger under her chin and tilts it up, you know. Yeah, it's listen. It's normal ways to. T- it's a Russian taunt. <laughs> it's, a, it's a it's a it's a it's a county and twant. We've we've yeah, it's county and twant, and we actually get to see Kaon next episode. So there we go. We even we have context for it. It's county and twant. Speaking of next episode, sick mind is up next. Yes. And we open up this episode with Ratchet going. So uh, <laughs> I found the Optimus, nemesis. You're not gonna believe this. I found the fucking ship, and everyone's like, "Oh, 
well, why don't we just teleport onto the Decepticon flagship while Megatron is, like, dead and blow it up? <laughs> and Ratchet says, ah, but this is a branching side quest. We have a because they also picked up an Autobot, uh, an Autobot distress signal, on the same like. It's really funny because I think it's Optimus who asked Ratchet, "How did you, how did you crack the code?" And Ratchet's like, "Well, accidentally, I just stumbled across it when I was, I, you know, searching." The I wasn't keys. looking for it, but but he says like this is important because if like they would usually have cloaking for this, I shouldn't have been able to find find this, if, even if I did by accident. Uh, that means something has gone very bad at their yeah, base. And so they, yeah, and so it's like, well, and, and Bulkhead's like, well, let's fucking go in there and make things go worse in their base. But Optimus is like, no, Autobots come first. We're going to go investigate this signal. So he and Ratchet uh, tell Ground Bridge out to this, like, is, I, is it is it a tundra? Is it like the Arctic? I can't really I tell. I thought it was a desert. Or it may be a desert. It's a desolate place with, like, a fucking old shipwreck uh and and ratchet's like you know it must have recently become active or like it's so faint we couldn't even pick it up until now and you know i you know spe- speaking of famous sci-fi franchises starring implacable alien murderers i think it's always a really good idea to investigate abandoned alien ship hulks uh only good things come off of hulks that. It's like a Hulk. Like a, a hole? Like a, like a space Hulk? Like a, do you mean a hole? Some kind of space Hulk. Like, or uh, like a, like, what's the word for like a, a whole shipwreck? I guess it's Is, just a wreck. Yeah. What the fuck was the thing called an alien? Was it the... It was, the ship was called the Nostromo. No, the, the one they find the alien in. The like, abandoned. The space I guess jockey. it's just the abandoned. Um, I guess it's just the abandoned ship. Uh, they find an abandoned ship, and inside of it, it's it's a plague ship. The point is, it's a plague ship. <laughs> it's full it's a, of it's dissonance. a leper colony. It is a leper colony. Um, like they they at first, you know, think maybe there's some stasis. There's some guys who were in stasis, but they realize that this ship didn't actually crash, or like none of the none of the occupants died from the crash. Um, it's a plague ship. It is full of people who died from the Cybonic Plague, and Optimus gets dripped on. By he gets 28 days later. Yeah, literally, literally, Ratchet's like, be careful, this is a plague ship, and then Optimus immediately gets dripped on. And it's like, Ratchet, you had one job. Look, Look, out, for, he, Look out for those I mean, to be fair, membranes. To be fair, before he gets dripped on, the ship, like, rattles and settles and and wobbles them all around which is the thing that causes because he gets stripped on from like a corpse hanging from the ceiling and it's only like a few drops and then we have the intro and as soon as we come out of the intro Optimus is fucking dying <laughs> yeah that was fast it's some good God texturing damn. well you know yeah, the lot the the uh the phrase is get busy living or get busy dying so yeah like he has got all these weird discolored splotches all over his body, and Ratchet is telling everyone about what it is. It's it's the so Cybonic Plague was a bioweapon manufactured by the Decepticons during the war, and it just it just ripped through the the population. Um, 
There's no known cure for it. The only person who might possibly have a cure for it is Megatron himself, but of course everyone believes, everyone here at least, believes he's dead. But they know where the nemesis is still. So, you know. Time for a little uh, infiltration mission. Maybe they have it hanging around on one of the bookshelves. Yeah, Bulka's like, fuck yeah, finally, we can go to the Nemesis. And everyone's like, yep, not you, though. <laughs> yeah, I remember what happened last time we went to the Nemesis bulkhead. <laughs> Things went loud. Yeah, so instead it's it's Bumblebee and RC or get chosen for the stealth mission. Um, and one thing I love, I think, at some point here... Uh, yeah, shortly after this, when the, when they when they infiltrate, we see Optimus, and he Optimus asks Ratchet if he is infected. He's still worrying about Ratchet as he's literally dying. He's the commander. He cares for his the, troops. This episode is really like heavy on on the Optimus Ratchet vibes uh, in a lot of scenes here. Yeah, I mean, yes, they're also like it's it's very heavy on like all of Optimus's relationships, past and present. Yes. Everyone loves Optimus. Some people hate Optimus in a very particular way. We'll get to later. Um, and yeah, so we 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 they uh, they they kind of B and RC like infiltrate Knockout's lab, and, and RC is trying to find the databanks. There's this thing here. She says she can't find anything, and Ratchet's like, "Well, did you try this and this?" And she's like, "Don't tell me how to research. I know how to Google." <sighs> I've been trying to put together, a, like, a search string recently to do, like, a literature review, so this stung. Mm-hmm. But Bumblebee finds a weird door in the back of the room and opens it a little bit and, uh, Me- Megatron's in there. Oh. Looking better than he did previously. All that buffing Breakdown has been doing uh, paid off. He's, he's sparkling and new, except for the, you know... Gaping hole in his chest. That's that's still. I will there. say it's very funny as they as they enter as well. One of the things is that so they 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 pass by by knockout, who is just like the goat of not going to ruin my day. He has yes. <laughs> he has like a faint <laughs> sense. Like they enter on the space bridge and they're like, all right, let's head to the lab. And he's coming out of it. He has like the faint sense of something being wrong, and then he just shrugs. It moves on. Not gonna ruin my day. Do you think so, Breakdown and Knockout ever have ever buffed out each other's bodies? I mean, literally, we see Breakdown do it to Knockout on screen. Oh, thank goodness. So yes. <laughs> so yeah, we we they they stumble upon Megatron's body. Now that's a pillow and... princess and stone butch couple. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Absolutely. That is a metal princess and stone butch couple. If there's one thing I know about Knockout, he hates doing anything that isn't street racing. Oh yeah. Uh so yeah, like they they fucking RC and Bumblebee find Megatron and report back. And RC is about ready to blow Megatron's head off and just She's gonna the job. end the war. Yep. But Ratchet's like, wait, 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 whoa, 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 
<laughs> yeah, he just he he just goes like, and I ratchet. Yeah, ratchet's like, can we please stop with your ex right now? Oh God. <laughs> so the, he he is displaying brainwave. Specifically, activity. what RC says, quoting the title, his sick mind is still at work. Um. So ratchet's like, okay, here's what we're gonna do. I. I, alright, so we're gonna need to use a cortical psychic patch. And RC is immediately like, wait, that's super illegal, and also, have you ever performed it? And Ratchet's like, I read about it on Wikipedia. Oh, uh, specifically, she says, uh, the Decepticons also developed that. Yes. It was a, it is a Decepticon-developed technique that was outlawed by the Autobots. You know that Vortex developed that shit. <laughs> Vortex? Yeah. That, wait, that guy's not a scientist. He's a guy who loves throwing people out of helicopters. Well, he oh. he loves interrogating and torturing people. So yes, he does. But I feel like that I you know we actually know who developed this and we meet him later on. Um, oh, you're right. Oh, it's that guy. <laughs> oh, you're right. Yeah. Nice. yeah have, as, as always, yeah, as have, always, it's that guy. <laughs> yeah. If you, if you have any questions, if you if you ever say, hey. Who invented this fucked up science thing? There's usually one answer, and it has one eye. Yeah. Shockwave has invented the uh, torture cube from Do Not Invent the Torture Cube. Shockwave literally invented imperialism in IDW. Everything is his fault. Oh, God. All of it. Millions of years. (laughs) Millions of years of his fault. It's all his fault. So yeah, but but Ratchet's like, I've re- listen. I skim- I skimmed the wiki. How I'm pretty sure I know how to do it. I well, love he- that this also implies that Ratchet is just looking at classified medical documents taken from the Decepticons. Oh yeah, you know he's reading up all on all of that stuff just in case something like this pops up. So like, and the and uh, our C and B are still like that seems just hideously dangerous there are so many things that could go wrong and and ratchet like yells i will not allow optimus to die knowing megatron will outlive him yeah it's literally all i could think about was um that tweet um that's like uh when i told my therapist that uh i was um suicidal they responded with do you want mitch mcconnell to outlive you (laughs) Spite is a powerful motivator. <laughs> and and that stopped me. <laughs> so Bumblebee volunteers to be the to be the recipient of the cycle. Oh, uh, one other thing is that uh RC does respond to the suggestion from Ratchet by saying, Are you out of your fragging mind? Which is the closest yes. where you're going to hear any transformer get to actually cursing in actual American English. Um yes, uh, It is like very unambivalent what fragging is supposed to be. I'm not quite sure how they got away with it actually Transformers prime got one instance of the word fuck who do you think it should go to bumblebee rc <laughs> bumblebee soundwave i was gonna put in my vote vote for soundwave yeah. yeah um he just screams out of the top of his lungs one but day especially seeing like you know alex hurst just released all those smp notes for gravity falls yes. especially seeing that like i'm not quite sure how they got away with fragging which is like un- unambiguously just fucking that those videos are wild. Yeah. Um, anyway, yeah, Bumblebee's like, I'll do it. Yeah. So this is when we see. Uh, I love this scene. So it's a good scene. Starscream is 
you know, he's Starstream, so he's very pissy about something. Uh, today the, it's the, the reactor the, leak, I think. Yeah, the reactor leak that is causing their stealth camo to, to flicker. And it was really funny because he asks a group of Viacons what's up, and one of them, one of them starts to answer. He just slaps it's him. It's Steve. This is Steve for sure at this, this point. This is Steve. It is like because not only not only does he get slapped, then uh, Starstream's like, "Do it faster!" and he's like, "Absolutely, yeah. Lord Mega- Lord Starscream." Yep. So this down point, hideous knockout knockout enters the room with the greatest and... line, "Doctor in the house." So okay, the conversation they have about. Uh, killing Megatron here is it's the most flirtatious uh, traitor conversation you will ever hear. It is insane. This this I think that this would not be out of place in uh, the series uh, The Traitor Baru Cormorant. This made if you've no. read those books. This this made me this made me humble. <laughs> <laughs> it was just too much. Like they're 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 they, you know they're obviously you know Star's like ah oh, you know he's he's not improving it's it would really be a mercy and you know but but they're also talking like yeah well actually it's really funny because at first uh, knockout like starts talking unambiguously about pulling the plug and Star's like hey shut the fuck up Soundwave is always listening that guy could be anywhere and his little bird um, too. And his little fucking bird. But yeah, they're like, you know, with the Decepticons deserve a strong alert leader. And Knockout's like, and the strong leader needs a strong second in command. Uh, they're also like inches from each other's face during this conversation and they keep raising their eyebrows at each other. <laughs> I know that we're going for like the homoerotic thing here, but it also made me think of the uh, Barbie Prince and the Popper. You're just like yes. me, I'm just like you. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's beautiful. So, back in the lab, uh, RC's getting the patch ready. And plugs Bumblebee in there. B jacks they, uh, into the Matrix. He fucking jacks into the Mega Matrix here. <laughs> uh, Ratchet has somehow installed a video feed that lets him see what Bumblebee is seeing. Which is uh, helpful for later. And Bumblebee finds himself in Kaon here as he's kind of walking around. And eventually he uh, he comes across uh, Optimus. Optimus just standing around. And then Megatron appears and kills him. Nice. And well, it's really funny because, like, is over. they do the. It's funny because they do the whole, like, one shall stand, one shall fall style, like pre-battle speech yeah they're too. beating your ass in your quote we dreams <laughs> like literally mega the this entire time megatron has just been dreaming about repeatedly killing optimus prime it's uh, all that's, that's been happening that is sisyphian it really is uh which is you know he eventually realizes that later because he tries killing bumblebee but uh, doesn't work. It just goes right through him. He shoots him. He slashes him. Nothing works. And so he's like, he's he's like Megatron starts running through the like list of like, okay, well, yeah, he's like, it's not. He's like, what? What could you possibly be? And Bumblebee's like, it's me, Megatron, the PS5, speaking to you inside your brain. 
And he's like, all right, so you're not, you don't have any phase shift armor on. You're too, like, lifelike to be a hologram. And I don't believe in ghosts. <laughs> he, oh. He's like, I do not believe in spirits. Keep keep appealing that for future things, Megatron. Uh-huh. I'm not sure if this happens in Prime, but... Mm. I don't think it actually does. There, there are no ghostly star screams in Prime. Oh. Uh, there is other weird shit that happens, though. I mean, there's zombies and so, vampires. You know, there are. Oh. Yeah, he, wait a minute. He's already seen zombies, but I guess he knows that all the. He's like, those aren't ghosts. That's just the devil's blood. Yeah, listen. There's a sign. There's a scientific process for that. Scientific. Process the scientific problem involves... is if you do devil meth. Then, if you stick if you stick devil meth inside inside a corpse, then the corpse becomes a uncorpse. Simple science, and so he comes to the conclusion that uh, he he is trapped in a dream, very quickly, very astutely. Then, so we cut outside the mind and knock out Starscream and Soundwave. Uh, walk into the infirmary here. So like. RC and Bumblebee have, like, hidden beneath some equipment, like, behind some stuff out of sight. So, uh, Starscream, Soundwave, uh, um, Knockout don't know they're there. And, and, uh, Starscream and Knockout are trying to convince Soundwave that, like, it's time to pull the plug on Megatron. Um... They, they claim, like, oh, he's, you know, this brainwave activity you see, Soundwave, is, is just... It's just endless dreams. He's he's trapped within his own mind. The only, it's only proper that we let him die with dignity instead of carrying on like this. And Soundwave seems to be starting to like come around to it reluctantly. Um, and, but Ratch is like, hey, hey, uh, if they kill Megatron, <laughs> Bumblebee's mind is gonna be trapped in limbo forever. If Bumblebee, uh, if Megatron dies while Bumblebee's in his dream, then B will die in real life. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Except he won't because his body will still be alive. It just won't have a mind in it. Oh. Yeah. Hmm. Horrifying. And, and then his mind will just be in nothing. It'll just be separated from his body forever. If you die, if you die in the brain, you... Your, bo- your mind dies in real life and your body lives on forever. Ever play Soma? <laughs> So Megatron begins remembering how he died, or at least how he ended up in this situation. He remembers the space bridge explosion. Um, when, when does he have the fucking line? Oh, I think it's right after he he just remembers that he's in it, like he realizes he's in a dream where he he goes like, "If you're if you're real, then what are you doing inside my head?" It's me, boy. The PS Five. So. He, he, he remembers his death, and this is when Bumble this is when Ratch is like, hey, he's starting to like remember things. You should probably get that yeah, cure out of this is quick. this is the AI you should be w- worried about becoming self-aware. Yeah. So Bumblebee tell you and first of all, uh, Megatron can understand Bumblebee. I don't know why. Well, if you can. take someone's voice box out, I guess you get an inherent knowledge of what they're thinking. Does it? Do you? Maybe. I get. I think it maybe maybe it's because he's in his mind, or maybe yeah he did he did pay he did pay attention to all of Bumblebee's beeps and boops, or maybe maybe all Cybertronians can inherently understand Bumblebee. I don't really know. 
Um, I think that's true because I'm pretty sure all the auto, I mean, the, all the Autobots can understand it, but I just thought that's because they like hung out with him a lot. Regardless, Bumblebee tells him that someone is dying of the Cybonic Plague, and it's really funny because at first Megan was like, "What? Someone other than me is unwell?" Like feigning concern. But then he's like, wait a minute. I know who it is. Optimus is dying, isn't he? That's why you're here. And he's like, all right. (laughs) Riddle me this, quiz boy. (laughs) Why the fuck would I lift a finger to save my oldest enemy? And and B, B gives him the classic, like, well... If he dies from the Cybonic Plague, you'll never you'll never get the satisfaction of killing him. I mean, I guess you could let him die you're so scared to fight him. If you're just, like, yeah, a exactly. pussy about it, if you're going to be a pussy about <laughs> it, I funny. guess you can let a disease take him. <laughs> it's funny, because Megatron's like, I can kill him all I want in my dreams. Look, I'll do it right now. It's <laughs> another really ghost funny. Yeah. But does it bring you satisfaction, Megatron? I don't think so. Exactly. B's like, yeah, but that's not the real thing. Like, it's empty. It's hollow. It's like uh, in Dark Side of Dimensions. Yep. Uh, but, and then, but but then, right as they're about to, you know, Knockout's ready to pull the plug on Megatron. But then, the ghost of Soundwave's uh, yet to come points at the cortical psychic patch. He points at the he umbilical of, cord. He does a lot of pointing in this episode. <laughs> He's got law. Lo- his finger. I don't like his fingers. They're fucking weird fucking spindly little freak <laughs> hey what's up with the decepticons in this series having weirdly long thin fingers like it's because like, it makes sense for starstream he's got like claws soundwave is just I, there's something about soundwave is just a very off-putting fellow in every single way <laughs> i would not like to be alone in a room with prime soundwave <laughs> Like, I don't think he would hurt me. He doesn't seem like that kind of guy. Like, he doesn't seem like... He would yeah, undo he really you. Shit. But he's, like, he's just, like, I'd so, he's, I don't... He's doing something else. He's doing something more nefarious that I don't know about. He'd just, like, anyway, not be a very good conversation partner. And that's the no, most he scary thing of all. <laughs> he just... he just stare at me. Ugh. Anyway, he points at the cortical psychic patch. He's like, hey, some shit's going on. And uh, Starscream starts, you know, following the trail. Very to slowly. Where RC is, yeah, very slowly to where RC is hiding. Uh, we, we, so, so Megatron is, is sort of convinced by Bumblebee, uh, Bumblebee's line of argument. He's like, well, you're right. It would be a shame if I couldn't kill Optimus, you know, with my own bare hands wrapped around his neck, watching the life leave his eyes. So I really want that cure. intimacy, you know? Yeah, I really, you know, it's, it's just not the same in my own mind. I mean, you know, Megatron I, and Arachnid see this eye to eye. There is nothing more important than killing your nemesis with your own two hands. Yes. Erotic. Megatron, Megatron thinks about it all the time. <laughs> what kind of gay if you think about it to have an arch rival? What is he arching? His back? <laughs> <laughs> So he, he shows uh, Bumblebee like a projection of the cure, which is in cube form. Like the, the formula is in a cube. And Bumblebee reaches out to take it, but then Megatron yoinks it back and goes, Ah, 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 wait a minute. I have a deal for you, little scout. You need to help me break out of my mind prison and get me back on my feet. Otherwise, you are not getting this cure. 
or Optimus fades to gunmetal grey, he says. Yes. It's an electronic um, paint job. It is. But then Ratchet's like, don't worry, Bumblebee, I got, I, I got a crusty JPEG of the cure. That's all I need. Get the he, fuck out of he there. He hit uh, function print screen. He did. He took a screenshot. So right as Starscream <laughs> sees them, RC unplugs Bumblebee. And it's, this is a very cool effect. As start like Megatron's mindscape starts crumbling away and in, like into dust, and he's like, "Wait, take me with you! Don't leave me here!" And he like grabs onto Bumblebee's arm, uh, as everything like fades away here, and Percy and Bumblebee bridge out right as uh, Starscream sees them, and then uh, RC takes a parting shot at, at Megatron. Well, yeah, well, goes. again, as as she has been, like, listening to their conversation about Megatron, about euthanizing Megatron, Tron, her parting words to Starscream is, let me do the honors, and yep, shoots and sh- uh, the central plug that has been in Megatron's chest uh, off of it as she escapes backwards to the space bridge. And there's, like, like a moment where it like it looks like it's gonna hit Starscream, but it goes past them to get the cable. And there's a moment where like Starscream and Knockout sort of have a moment, and then it like goes yeah. over to Starscream looking at <laughs> at the the cable getting knocked off, and he's just fully smirking. And he looks at Soundwave and yeah. goes, "Oh no, not Lord Megatron!" <laughs> and Soundwave just points very forcefully, like you put that back where it came from, or so help me. Yeah, and. <laughs> <laughs> Starship's like, God damn it! Yeah, okay. I guess we shouldn't let uh, <laughs> an Autobot kill him. It puts it back, and I'm so tempted to be like, "Come on!" and look, look back at him. Okay, it's back now. Could we have little euthanasia as a treat? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but, but it seems the moment for convincing Soundwave has probably passed. He's not gonna fucking buy that shit anymore. Um, so we, we, we go back to the auto base here and Optimus, you know, Optimus is back on his feet, hail and hearty. And he's like, you know, I, I thank you for all of the well wishes and applause, but really I owe it all to my physician and my scout. Aussie getting no credit. I love my husband and my little son who beeps. Then we come yeah, back to the Yeah, literally, literally, uh, I love it how it's like, please reserve the hero's welcome instead for my husband and my son. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah, I, I wish I would have given it up to RC, but, I, you know, I guess, you know, she, she fucking, she probably built the fucking psychic patch with, our, with Ratchet's instructions. Give, give her a little bit of credit. Come on. Uh, but then we cut back to the Nemesis, where Starscream is checking in with Knockout on Megatron's status. And Knockout's like, you know, it's weird. He, uh... He's physically he's fine, but all of the all of the brain activity is completely stopped. Yeah. There's mentally, going on there. mentally he's the nineteen ninety two Peter Jackson film Brain Dead. There's nothing going on up there, and sort of like, huh, that's weird. <laughs> then I, you know, I somehow forgot about this little plot point because we cut back to the auto base, and Bumblebee like twitches kind of weirdly, and we zoom in. <laughs> And see that Megatron is now a dark passenger in Bumblebee's head. He's a ghost in the machine. He's a fucking ghost in the machine. He's like, I'm out. Or should I say, in. I'm in. Megatron, no one, <laughs> Megatron, no one can hear you. Hacker voice. 
You're quipping to nobody, Megatron. Yeah, well, that's all. Be that's all he's had had for the past several uh, weeks or whatever. Anyway, so yeah, yeah, we we get a fucking to be continued. It's like ooh, shit's real. Yeah, I was. I love that this episode's fucking cool. I love this shit. I love yeah, like the the the, the like. Trust between Starscream and Steinway further erodes, where it's like, everyone here knows they're up to bullshit now. Like, everyone knows. Soundwave might not know that Starscream is literally the one who killed Megatron, but he knows, like, he's trying to, he's trying to be, he's trying to pull some shady shit. He knows the imposter is sus. Yeah. And he, he, as long as he has a weird spindly pointer finger, he's, he's not going to let anything happen. God, his fingers are freaky. (laughs) <laughs> they're they're just so long and thin and weird i don't like them like it's not even that they're clawed they, they just look like bug hands that's what they are they're like bug hands he's just a big weird bug that listens to everything you say anyway that's the episode that is the episode we have uh we have some that's questions episode. got a few questions here on discord oh. uh let me let me check the twitter real quick nothing on the twitter i don't think nothing on the twitter so just the discord here uh, first of all, from Slipstream Sam, if you either had spider powers or was some kind of spider-themed mech person, where would your hang upside down and kiss spot be? I don't think it's really a spot thing. That's like a more ability thing. Right, but like, that, where would you stage it? Uh, clock tower. Inside a clock tower. Or a yeah, bell that's, tower. That's a, one. that's a pretty classic spidey hangout spot. Very, very, very gothic. Huh, like a like a hat. I would do it off the side of Dino's Wonder Wheel in Coney Island. Nice, different, a little bit of a different mood. Uh, hmm, I don't know, like a like like a fucking cathedral roof. Lots of places to hang from there. Lots of gargoyles. Why did we stop? You know, I think we should. I think we. I think gargoyles should make a comeback as an architectural design. Just like put a gargoyle, put a gargoyles all over like. Some new fucking banking building or whatever, you know? Bring them back. That's what I say. <sighs> anyway, Casey Cosmetator asks, Who is the hottest evil woman? How, how, am, I, how am I supposed to answer that? The hottest evil mo- well, woman? I mean, the, it's Lady Domitresque, of course. But See, like, I think there's so many. Yeah. There are many, I, I, there are some I like more, but I actually have to give it to my, uh, my girl Tiffany, played by, uh, Jennifer Tilly in Chucky, in the Chucky series. Okay. I mean, I'm just on the Dimitrescu kick recently. Yeah, I mean, I've been watching yeah. through the entire Chucky franchise recently as well. Also, uh, always, nice. always a shout out to Miss Jennifer Chuck. Oh, of course. And her bestie. And, and her bestie, Needy, Yes. Um, but, uh, I think Jennifer's body created an entire generation of lesbians. Oh, yeah. I managed to get back to it, like, not actually watching the film, just seeing the fandom recently, and, oh, mm, mm, powerful. Yeah. Those are uh, I, you know, recently I would say, you know, the, I, there's many to choose, many to pull from it. I guess recently I would say Savika from Arcane. She's pretty good. She's got a, she's got a cool arm. Punch is really hard. Yeah, for me, I'm, I'm also I, I'm just trying to think of the sexiest because there are others that I like more. Like, oh yeah, Amanda Young from the Saw franchise is my girl, 
She's not sexy. Jury, jury from Street Fighter. That's that's like a classic evil woman right there. Yeah. Uh, the Huntress Eliza. from Dead by Daylight. There you go. Eliza from. Skull I mean Girl. Gladys. Yep, <sighs> that's a classic evil woman. Gladys is probably my favorite, but at least oh, in canon, uh, Dahlia... she's not that sexy. <laughs> Delilah Copperspoon from Dishonored. Yeah. We could sit here. Naming evil women we love all yeah. day. That's the beauty of it. We can make a whole a whole podcast just naming evil, <laughs> evil women. But alas, we must continue these Discord questions. Like this other one from Casey Cosmotexter. What other bugs should be Transformers? Mothra. Yeah, I'm trying to think what which ones haven't been Transformers. I mean, it's mostly like beetles fl- and flies and s- stuff yeah. like that. Any. Mothra. Obviously scorpions, if you're counting scorpions. Giant Mothra that turns into a theme park. Oh my god, like a full-size Mothra? Like a city form, former, yeah. Yeah, you know, I, there aren't any, like, butterfly... Yeah, that's true. ...transformers I can think of, because, like... I, I imagine it's just because the engineering is really hard. I guess there's dragonflies, right? I think so. I think there are dragonflies. Nothing comes to mind, but I feel like there's, there's gotta, gotta be, be dragonflies. transformer. I feel like if yeah. they are, they've only been in the toy line, though. Yeah, I mean, there's not any dragon... You know, I can't call to mind any dragon... Like, obviously, there's Waspinator from... Uh, right. Beast I mean, Wars. the named Insecticons... Most of the named Insecticons are, like, yeah, beetles. Beetles or grasshoppers or stuff like that. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, Butterfly Transformer would be really cool to see, especially if they had, like, a larval stage. Like, if they went full, weird, techno-organic Butterfly Transformer. Yeah. For all I know, there is one in Beast Machines. That that show is a is a. Is there a mantis? If there isn't a mantis, there should be a mantis transformer. One was in a toy line from Beast Wars Two, I think. Okay. But it not really turned up much. A mantis is another hard one because they're so spindly. Like it's really hard to to make a toy out of. Yeah, I I do agree that there should be a mantis transformer, or at least like a mantis. Like like Arachnid isn't technically a spider. But there could be a mantis-themed transformer with big old arms. Ooh, ooh. Uh, ladybird, a ladybug transformer. Yeah, so I think there haven't been butterflies, and there haven't been ladybugs because the toys that they were marketing were towards boys, so they wanted to stay uh, away from the more feminine bugs. You can't get you can't give a ladybug a cool fucking venom stinger. Oh, uh, ladybug, uh, transmetal that also turns into a beetle. Like a VW Beetle. Oh, shit, that's good. I like that. I mean, that's the concept behind Bumblebee. I I, I know that's different, but that is sort of the concept yeah. behind... But he doesn't turn I know, into a I know, I know, I'm just saying. <laughs> Transmetal 2 Bumblebee. Let's get it. Um, Ma- Mashina asks, Arachnid or Black Arachnia? Who do you stand more as the baddest Spider-Bot? For me, it's Arachnid, so, like, just because she was the first one I was exposed to. Again, Prime was my introduction really into the franchise. Um, so I, I basically think all versions of Black Arachnia have way more character depth than Arachnid. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Black Arachnia but, has some redemptive qualities. Yeah, or like, you know, I mean, she's got this, like, she's this this tortured soul caught between worlds. But Arachnid's really cool. She's also really gay. I think she's yeah, really like, that's evil the thing. and gay. Yeah. Black Arachnia yeah, is like, not a lesbian. Just, 
She's not. Uh, and like, yeah, she loves she loves her some himbos in many different continuities. Oh, that fucking bird dog. That goddamn bird dog. Like, Black, I mean, Arachna is just very cool. She's very evil and she does some insane shit. And she in the is show. voiced by Gina Torres. Oh. Like, yeah, so like, do I do I am I more interested in Black Arachnia as a character? Yes. Do I stan Arachnid more? Definitely. Has Arachnid done My anything? Exactly. Has, Arachnid, has Arachnid done anything wrong in her life? No. Not a <laughs> single thing. Also, Arachnid never got that freaky fucking Beast Machines redesign that I hate looking at. Mm. And also, I actually do think from like a design standpoint, I'm much more impressed with Arachnid's yes, design. she got a very cool design. Um, like, yeah, Black Arachnia very very much a, a design of the 90s or an you know she looks good and animated but that's still very much pulling from uh beast wars black arachnia there so yeah i think the answer is uh stan arachnid didn't do anything wrong never uh, will she's perfect never will finally was she when she changed her name in the middle of this question segment aurora bodywork formerly casey cosmotector <laughs> aurora bodyworker is it gay to do a most dangerous game? Sometimes. I think no. I think it's extremely heterosexual to do a most dangerous yeah. game. I think like inherently no, but there are situations. Yes. Uh, but I, like, what anyway. is he arching? Think... His back? <laughs> Why do you need to hunt men for? <laughs> Seems a little Why sus are you to online? Me. To see the posts of other men? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what are those graphics so yeah. cards for? To see <laughs> videos? To, to see, yeah, to see other men in high definition. <laughs> <laughs> she also asks, what high school level short stories do the Autobots relate to? Okay, time to think back to high school English class. Okay, just the Autobots, not the Decepticons. Just the Autobots. I mean, you can name, if you have something for one of the Decepticons, you can name it. Well, in this episode, Megatron and the yellow wallpaper. <laughs> uh, uh, RC, <laughs> RC, RC, and Catcher in the Rye. Short stories, short stories, not novels. I, short stories. It may be because I'm from Australia, uh, but I'm not aware of very many of these ubiquitous high school level short stories neither am i, I mean, the I yellow the wallpapers I get any the yellow either. wallpaper is really the only one that i can think of i mean i i read the most dangerous game at some point around there but i don't think it was in school yeah, um, I, didn't, oh, I didn't say we didn't say that many like short stories it was mostly novels yeah do you the short story version of flowers for algernon but that was in middle school not high school who do you think relates most to the crucible Starscream. Yeah, Star <laughs> Girl, what were you doing? How did you see Goody Proctor? <laughs> so- Soundwave robotically repeating, I saw Goody Proctor. In yeah. The <laughs> Finally, Aurora Bodywork asks Is Prime Starscream similar to Montresor from the cask of Amontillado? I really need help in my ninth grade essay, and it's due tomorrow morning. I don't think so. Star- He's not currently bricking anyone. I couldn't up. remember if Montresor was the one bricking up or getting bricked. It, he is the one bricking up because because it's, it's for the love of God, Montresor, help yeah. me. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. 
I mean, he kind of is with Megatron. Yeah, but he's not doing it very successfully. I mean, he. Oh, I mean, to be so, fair, he was very close this episode. Yes, yeah, he he almost he almost convinced Soundwave to to brick up Megatron, but then he's like, "Wait, there's a purple glowy thing plugged into his head. What's up with that?" He point at it. He might be plugged into a computer, getting synchronized to iTunes. He might be. Someone might be using him to mine crypto. <laughs> Can you imagine the graphics card that Megatron has? Come on. You can render so many men with that. Well, one per- one particular man, really, as we see in this episode. He's extremely focused on ex- this, like, 7,000 kilobyte, no, 7,000, 7 million polygon model of Optimus Prime. Yeah, like what? What if when, uh, like, we see the the memory versions of Bulkhead and Bumblebee standing alongside Optimus, they just looked really low res, <laughs> but Optimus oh, was beautifully rendered. Yeah, that would be the so seven million incredible. polygons are all in his ass alone. Yeah. Well, we've been prime cuts. Cass, go ahead and plug some stuff if you have anything to plug. Guests get first plug. Oh, thank you so much. Uh, you can find me at what is cosplay on Twitter. I'm not doing anything else at the moment because I'm very busy with uh, university work. Yeah. Swaggy. Well then, and I, uh, at what is cosplay? That's learning. Me. I'm higher. Higher learning is radical. <laughs> I'm Audrey. You can find me on Tumblr and Twitter at Optimon on Prime. That's my funny robot internet joke. You can also uh, listen to the other podcast I do. Uh, called Pod of Greed, which you can find on Twitter at Pod of Greed Cast, um, which is about Yu-Gi-Oh! And we are finishing season three of um, of GX in July. So, uh, Yubel is my. I- I'm always thinking about Yubel when I'm not thinking about Arachnid. There's something. There's something. There's also living rapidly between an evil Spider Woman and evil non-binary. Dragon? Uh, demon dragon? Unclear. <laughs> I mean, evil, either like demon or ghost because they possess people. I can't believe. I still can't believe four kids gave them an, another tit. That's so funny. The, the funniest form of censorship retitting you, Bell. <laughs> More <laughs> cleavage, said four kids. You know what? Fuck you. Re-tits <laughs> oh. I'm Nero. You can find me on Twitter at Dragon <laughs> You can find me on Twitter at Dragon You can find all of my projects in, in other various places, such as Heidel- Radio Free Heidelin, a comprehensive companion to Final Fantasy XIV Online, the critically acclaimed MMORPG with a free trial that extends through level 60, including all of critically acclaimed expansion Heavensward. It's at radio at, at Heidelin Radio, uh, with my good pal Jane, who I also did a Shira podcast with. That is at Podcast of Power. You can listen to all five seasons of that show plus some fun bonuses. I am also on Disney Minus, where I I am I I, sl- I I drag myself through the slurry of Disney Plus to to find the rare gems, which I might have one coming up this week uh, with Hercules. I don't know. I haven't seen that in a while. Again, another good one. Soundtrack being good. Soundtrack is very good. Uh, And of course, with us, you can find us on Twitter at Prime Cuts Pod, and you can join our Discord. 
uh, to send in questions about uh, evil, sexy spider women from time to time. Don't worry, Arach. Ara- don't worry, everyone. Arachnid will return, and she will continue to be evil and sexy. She in will. In fact, return. she will only. She will only get eviler and it's sexier. True. Um, and uh, that you can find that link in, in under our in, in our bio there. Throughout the entire uh, series, Arachnid only shows up in twelve episodes. But damn, are they banger episodes? They really are. You know, she's you know you got you got to deploy your Genotaurus tactically. I think the next um, one is when she attacks the MILF. Yeah, sounds right. <laughs> Uh, and of course, you can. We are hosted on noisespace.xyz with all sorts of various other shows. If you like robots, you can listen to Wild Cool Robot. That one's about Gundam. The robots in that aren't evil inherently, but they're like, you know, the symbols of horrible well, war. So they're kind of evil on, inherently. Uh, depends on what you're, uh, what you're watching. G Gundam had inherently evil robots. That's true. Uh, you can also listen to Zero to Zero. You can listen to. to I'm blanking on show. I am so bad at remembering names. Uh, the Sonic Shuffle, Kamarocha Radio, uh, a bunch of other Everything. stuff. There's something House for of Snacks, which is one we There's haven't mentioned for before. Over on Noise Space. That's true. We got we got to cycle these better. We got we got to. I need a I need a, <laughs> a sticky note next to my computer with all the Noise Space podcasts on it that I can just read. Well, Cass, thank you so much for joining us for the, the inaugural Evil Spider-Woman episode. Thank you for inviting me. I'm so happy I was able to be here. The first of many, both in this show and others. There's so, there so many Evil Spider-Woman in, in Transformers, if you, if you know where to look. Anyway, I, 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 I will be transforming and... and uh, rolling out as so as I am not hunted for sport by uh, by an evil uh, you know evil huntress with uh, perfectly applied lipstick and eyeliner. I'm going to check the notification settings on my phone so I can make sure I can continue getting the presidential alerts when the girls are fighting. Transform and roll out. And I transform partway and I'm digging out. <laughs> Beach. <laughs> Beach.